now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show. It's time to have Jared Sandler on. He uh, is at Chase Field. I've already seen his picture of it. He gets to the ballpark, especially for a World Series. He he always likes to get there early, but a World Series, he rolls in there many hours before the ball game. And uh, Jared, I try to resist. For, I want to have you on like every game. I mean, I get this is very exciting stuff, but I do hold off because you have other responsibilities. Okay, I try to remind myself, but it's not like me to show restraint. Jared, how is your view right now? Are you kind of down by uh, the dugout, or are you up in the uh, press box, or have you gone in search of food? Give us your uh, give us your location, sir. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the booth. I'm sitting on Eric's lap while holding Matt's hand. <laughs> so we're uh, this is just a normal pregame routine, uh, and we're you know we're just trying to carry it out like we we do before every game, like we've done uh, since Eric's return. Yeah, you are a very extremely close bunch, uh, but yeah, the uh, the thought of you in Eric's lap, I, I, I like that. That is an interesting uh, visual, but uh, I asked Matt the other day how he celebrated uh, that win against the Astros, and he, it was not a real exciting explanation. I'm hoping you as a young man had a little bit of champagne or something because he, he was saying, I had water. He said, Eric, you know, um, had, I don't, I don't know, like maybe some uh, mineral water or something. He did not speak for you. So I'm hoping I'm hoping maybe you had just because they said the Astros offered some uh, a little toast to you guys. And Matt said <laughs> because of some whatever he was taking, he decided to pass. I, I hope you, Jared, had a nice time that evening. Yeah, no, that's Matt. Matt behaves. Uh, the best of the three of us so there's no uh no surprise there yeah i i enjoyed a little bit you know when they were spraying uh spraying some stuff around uh you know i, I made sure that i i got a hold of some and uh on my way back up to the booth I, I made sure to get some some bottles and cans that were unopened so i definitely yeah. enjoyed it i also enjoyed it by soaking in alcohol all until uh, about four in the morning when i finally got to shower uh so even if uh it didn't get in my mouth. I think it just seeped through my body uh, while I uh, while I stayed in, in the same clothes uh, until uh, until I was able to get home. See if you can get one of those powder blue uh, sport coats that Dave Raymond's been showing up in. I think CJ may have one of those. That's a, I mean that's a that's quite a look. Is that something you feel like they could provide uh, for you? Because you've been doing a lot of radio, but also some TV hits. I think I saw you were with Newey uh, Scruggs. Newey, uh, hopefully he's really, uh, you know, he he used to try to pay me in, like, state fair tickets. Uh, he would just kind of give me a bunch of state fair tickets. But, you know, see if you could secure one of those powder blue uh, sport coats. Those are nice. Yeah, I'm. you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not good looking enough, I guess. I didn't make the cut. You know, that was a, that was a C.J. Dave thing. It's a very, you know, they got a. Those TV guys, they they really stick together. They're very clicky. Um, you know, sometimes CJ won't even acknowledge me. Dave asked me to write stuff down before I talk to him, and then Dave approves whether or not he likes what I write down. And if it passes the test, then I'm allowed to actually verbally engage in conversation with him. So uh, when I yeah. asked them about getting a blue jacket, uh, they just laughed and walked away. And I just kind of felt, you know, I went back to playing on the playground by myself. So. 
Yeah. I mean, one day I'll, I'll, I'll ascend to that level. No, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously. I, yeah. I, I realize as I'm saying this, I know you know I'm kidding, but I, I'd hate for someone listening to think oh, that no. uh, they're bullies like that. They're not. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, we – I got to keep up with the fashion of Matt Hicks and you know, I Matt's fashion levels advance well beyond the, the baby blue jackets. And, uh, um, once I get to, you know, Matt Hicks's fashion level, then I, yeah. think I might be able to start dictating things for the rest of the booth. Yeah. Hicks giving me been, a big thumbs up right now. Cause he agrees. Hicks has been known to drop by a doctor's, a local doctor's and, uh, it's, yeah. it's suit up. Now, Jared, this lineup change, that's kind of interesting, and again, I we're obsessed with these lineups this time of year for for good reason. But Evan Carter, who's been in that three hole for much of the postseason, um, he's he's now the cleanup hitter. I don't know if this messes up any of our Mickey Mantle stuff or whatever we're doing. But uh, Adolis moves up to the three hole, obviously wanting to break those lefties up. Um, surprise! Did it surprise you at all? Had you? Had, had had is this something Bochy had been kind of pondering? You you think because uh, always interesting to even just a subtle change can grab our attention uh, in the World Series. Yeah, you know, it's something they didn't really have to worry about against the Astros because they didn't have any lefty relievers, and mm-hmm. you know, it was the topic of conversation in advance of Game One, and you know, the Rangers got the win, even if uh, you know it did seem like that lefty lefty combo in the two and three hole with Seager and Carter gave the Dimebacks a little bit of a matchup advantage. And then, you know, obviously it just didn't work in, in game two. It wasn't specifically because of that, but the Rangers offense didn't really have much in the tank. And so I think to some degree, just to, to change it up, but also with the way the, the Diamondbacks operate uh, out of their bullpen and the fact that Brandon Fott's not likely to go super deep. I mean, I guess, you know, if he pitches really well, he could, but, you know, this is a game where you'd probably expect the Diamondbacks to get, you know, more than, than uh, three innings, uh, possibly more than four. And if the Rangers do their job, maybe around five innings out of their bullpen. And so with that being the case and, and them having multiple lefties in their bullpen uh, probably just wants to break up the opportunity, the potential opportunity uh, for the Diamondbacks to make some matchup decisions by splitting those guys up. So we, we'll hear Bruce Bochy talk here in about 30 minutes, and I'm sure that he'll basically echo similar sentiments. But between today and tomorrow, uh, the Diamondbacks are going to have a heavy bullpen workload, more so tomorrow than today. But I uh, expect to see a lot of a lot of Diamondbacks relievers, and I think that's a big part of it. All right, and Bochi said Saturday that Scherzer stretched out after uh, and could throw pretty close, according to Bochi, to 100 pitches on Monday. Boy, if that happened, that would be great uh, because it would mean he's likely going deep into this game what any worry about that cut i never like hearing about a bullpen with like bandages on and stuff like that and super glue and whatever they've kind of used to uh to work on that cut on his throwing thumb um but it doesn't seem like he's that concerned about it uh it just doesn't it just doesn't seem that great for a guy who uh who hasn't been all that sharp in his uh, in his two starts recently. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see. You know, yeah, you mentioned the cotton ball super glue thing, which is you know, Miss Lippy's arts and crafts class from Happy Gilmore seemed to play uh, play a role in his uh, ability to to figure out how to work around this. But he uh, or boy, they say how to get Billy Madison, Billy Madison, that uh, wrong, wrong <laughs> use on. of Adam Sandler's uh, catalog there. Uh, so. 
I don't know. You know, my if you were to tell me right now, hey, Max Scherzer is going to give the team four innings and allow one run, I would take it. You know, I would take it and not roll the mm. dice on, you know, the chance that it's something more, but certainly the chance that it's something less. Uh, but he, uh, you know, he, he seems to have a lot of confidence that he's progressing. I think the big thing for me, you know, I asked him the other day, I think it was yesterday, why he elected to use more of the curveball than the slider last time out. And, you know, he, he said it was more matchup based, but, you know, one of the things that we had talked about was the slider just didn't look effective. It didn't look good. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what the mix of pitches is for Max today when he's got the slider working, he's a totally different pitcher. Doesn't mean he can't be effective effective without it because he does have a, a pretty deep bag of tricks. But you know when he's at his best, it's when his slider is working. And I'm just not sure that uh, you know he's he. We haven't seen him throw that pitch anywhere near that level. Uh, but I think the Rangers coming off an off day are pretty prepared to use uh, their bullpen, go to their bullpen early. And so if they can get four innings, maybe five innings, or somewhere around there with Max Scherzer and keep them in the ball game, I think they'll take it. All right, uh, and uh, Jared Sandler uh, joined us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And, um, yeah, bringing up some Adam Sandler, uh, your cousin, of course. And uh, there was a great SNL sketch the other day. We don't always get those in recent years. There's one you need to watch that is, like, about the Revolutionary War that's kind of floating around. And it's a it's a comedian that a lot of people, Jared, your age, are lo- loving. He's from like Tennessee. Uh, he's from like Tennessee. What, how do you say his name? Bargatze or something? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, anyway, Mar- yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might want to check that out. Okay, you you've got me thinking SNL now. Uh, but uh, uh, this is going to be uh, fascinating. What do you think about the uh, the D backs? Where their headspace is? They got to feel good. Obviously, to get the split, they they probably are thinking, well, we should be up 2-0. The Rangers' late-game heroics. How many times did that happen, Jared? Like, what, what were they, 1-61 or whatever crazy going to the ninth with a uh, deficit like that? I mean, kind of amazing then to overcome it. So, I guess both teams should probably feel okay, right? Because the Rangers could, you know, they know easily it could have been 0-2. And they got a split. What do you? Where do you kind of when you kind of look at it from the D-backs headspace? Where do you think they are? How do you think they feel after these uh, after getting the split? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know if you want to, like you said, you want to look at it through the Rangers' lenses. Hey, you're, you're, you know, you won a game and you showed that you could win a game late. And obviously, the Rangers lost a lot of games late during the regular season, and they counted the same. So. You know, they don't need to apologize for waiting until the ninth inning to get it done. But, yeah, you know, you got a, a D-back team from Tori Lovello. Not that I think they're lacking in confidence after what they did in game two. But, you know, yeah, you can easily say you're three outs away from being up 2-0. They've led all but three innings this or this series. And, they've you know, they've been the better team through two games. And that can switch really easily. You know, in the middle of that Astros-Rangers series, you would never believe that the Rangers were in that series, right? You know, if you didn't know what happened in games one and two, um, obviously, before getting to game six and seven, if you just watch games three, four, and five, you think, oh, I mean, these two teams aren't in the same league. Uh, so, you know, these things can change in a hurry. But, you know, if I'm the D-backs, I'm feeling really good. You know, take the names out of it. Take the reputation, uh, the, the, the aura of Max Scherzer out of it, and just let's say that both these pitchers' names were Joe McGee, and you look at Brandon Fott's numbers of late and Max Scherzer's, then you'd think, well, the Diamondbacks have the, have the advantage here. And then, 
bullpen games, which is what the Diamondbacks plan on rolling out tomorrow, those have not necessarily been too friendly to the Rangers. And, uh, and then, you know, obviously the Rangers get to Evaldi and, and Montgomery thereafter, and, and you feel pretty good about that, even you know, with uh, the first two games of the series playing out the way they did. But, yeah, I mean, I think both teams can spin it however they want. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anyone who thought that maybe the Rangers broke the Diamondbacks' spirits after that game one win, obviously the Diamondbacks showed uh, that folks were, were quite mistaken. And I'm very curious. I mean, today's one of those games where uh, I could see it playing out a lot of different ways. It's just tough to know exactly what you're going to get from Max Scherzer. But, you know, this is a really tough Diamondbacks lineup. Max Scherzer, for whatever it's worth, over the course of his career, has been good at controlling the running game but not as much this year in a one-year sample size. When it goes against the grain, there could be some variables in place, you know, as far as the catching situation, uh, you know, but, uh, that, that he paired with, maybe it wasn't as much on him. Maybe it was more on, you know, the, the battery mate. It's tough to say, uh, but you know, that's going to be a factor. The Diamondbacks uh, have stolen more than 20 bases this postseason, And, uh, you know, they will paper cut you to death. And Max Scherzer is someone who, uh, you know, has had issues giving up the home run ball. That's not as much a strength for the Diamondbacks, though with the roof open tonight, uh, the ball will carry a little bit more. So we'll, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Max Scherzer stacks up against the lineup compared to an Astros lineup that very much can beat you with the home run ball. That's just not as much a, a part of Arizona's identity. How is that How is that Chase Field with the roof open? You're taking a peek at that thing. They've, you, they've made that announcement earlier today that they will leave it open um what's that what do those dimensions look like is that a is that i mean as far as all the different parks you've gone to and visited where does chase kind of stand in that have you enjoyed this park in the past have you been there a couple times yeah not really i mean it's whatever that bad concession items if we're being honest uh not that uh you know i plan on on doing that tonight but i mean it's 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 okay it's pretty dark this is like one of the darker parks uh so with the roof open, that will help. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a good press box view. Um, this is not – if I were to tell you, Matt, you got to go see 10 parks around Major League Baseball, I wouldn't put this one on the list. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, everyone has their own taste or flavor. From a gameplay standpoint, Tori Lovello actually earlier today brought up some of the, the you know, the, the, the beneath the surface numbers that try and neutralize ballpark conditions uh, and said that, you know, when the ball when the roof is closed from gap to gap, the ball really does uh, it does not carry at all. It's one of the, uh, the the toughest parts in baseball in terms of carry when you go from alley to alley. But uh, with the roof open, it plays a little more neutrally. So, you know, I'm not sure. You know, curious to see how uh, how that impacts uh, you know the the way the game is played. But I mean, I I wouldn't sit here and tell you that this is a ballpark you've got to check off on your list. Um, yeah. But I mean, it is hosting a World Series, so that's cool and. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not an awful park. I just I don't know, Eric, Matt, do you guys is this like a two thumbs up park for you, or am I crazy? Uh, Matt's giving me yeah, he's giving me kind of the yeah yeah. We all have the same reaction. It's fine. It is what it is. It's not. It's fine. Meh. Meh is a good word. M e h. Meh. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I I I tell you, it's interesting to know both those guys are uh, sitting there. Uh, listening to you do this, y'all, y'all, y'all are tight. You just kind of do interviews right there in front of them. Uh, I, I'm too self-conscious. I would have moved to a different part of the deal, but you guys are extremely uh, tight. And uh, boy, I caught Hicks the other night. You talk about playing through it. Hicks, no sleep. I mean, he finally got a little sleep in after the flight, and then uh, 
uh, and then I bet he's rallied and he's uh, he's sounding great. But uh, uh, this will be this will be fun, Jared. It's going to be. And also, I was looking at this list, Evan uh, Carter. As far as now that he's in the cleanup spot, we get to look at another position or the youngest. You know, where does he stand in? Isn't that interesting? The youngest ever to hit cleanup in the World Series, Claudel Washington from Oakland. And that is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then Cabrera did it. And then uh, Ty Cobb, okay, 1907 is when Ty Cobb was getting started. So uh, it's just everything Evan does, because he's so young, is connected to some kind of big deal. But the great thing about him, he doesn't care. Clean up, three-hole. If you put him in the nine-hole, he's he's kind of unflappable. And it was funny to watch him the other, other night, like uh, sitting there with Jeter and Big Poppy, and you're like, what is this guy what must be going through this guy's head? He's 21, and he just kept saying gosh a lot. You know, he just – it's like how can such a kid be this much of a finished product? And I'm, I'm not saying he can't get better and all that, but it, the whole thing, each time he plays and goes out there, Jared, you kind of almost have to remind yourself, oh, my gosh, how is this kid doing this? At 21 years old, I mean, Jared, you were you were working with the uh, USC baseball team, or probably hanging out working on your broadcasting career. Think of you at age 21. I mean, it, well, it, it just you just marvel at it. How about this, Matt? So this is the first World Series game hosted uh, at Chase Field since Luis Gonzalez's walk off in Game Seven against the Yankees in 2001. Evan Carter. Uh, was almost a year away from being born at that point. And I don't, I mean, that's crazy for me because I, I was old enough to remember that clearly. And I don't necessarily think of myself as a, a super old guy. I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely getting older, but I mean, it's just crazy. Evan Carter wasn't even born when that world series unfolded. So, um, you know, we're not talking about like we, we made reference to Kirk Gibson in 1988 uh, you know, a goalie's with the first walk-off home run in a game one of the World Series since then. Well, I wasn't born in 88, uh, and maybe, the, you know, maybe that meant something to, to certain people from a, a timeline standpoint, but my goodness, to think that there's a guy batting cleanup or just on the roster for the Rangers who wasn't born when Luis Gonzalez had that famous walk-off hit is kind of is kind of crazy, but I guess that's uh, that's where we are with, uh, with Evan Carter and his youthfulness. Okay, and you can't really say about yourself you're getting older and then follow it up with you don't remember you weren't born in 1988, okay, Jared? Still hold <laughs> yeah. on and embrace your youth because everybody, Hicks, Mosley, and, and, and Eric, we yeah, we hear that. <laughs> and, then, uh, and by the way, I did want to get a quick mention of uh, your, your uh, swinging for a cause. That is because uh, we've got an audience that would love to get involved in something like that. This December 3rd, 2023 at Globe Life Field. That's that's the huge part of this announcement is that you've moved this thing into like an unbelievable uh, venue for it uh, and uh, proceeds benefit the Sandlot Children's Charity. Uh, pretty awesome deal. So we'll, we'll certainly hit that a little bit more as we get closer to it but uh jared that's a uh, it's near and dear to your heart you've driven that thing so i just wanted to let our audience know a little bit about that no i appreciate it yeah we're, we're excited it when we first uh 
moved it. We didn't know that it was going to be a venue that was going to host World Series games in 2023, and hopefully it'll be the home of the World Series champions. But uh, you get a chance to hit and play catch on the field. We'll have stuff from various sports as well, so it's not going to be all baseball. But uh, it should be a fun event, and there's a lot more stuff on Twitter. Go to thesandlot.org for more information, and uh, hopefully we uh, we get a great crowd and really looking forward to it. Mix and mingle with celebrities. All right, I like that, and we'll uh, we'll 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 start rolling out that list of celebrities as we get uh, closer to it. Jared, have a great uh, have a great evening. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Jared Sandler uh, from Chase Field, getting ready for World Series Game Three, and. I, you know, that's that's really interesting about Max Scherzer, the cut that he has, the super glue they've used, and he thinks he's stretched out. Bochy thinks he's stretched out and could go a ways. I don't think he gets anywhere close to 100 pitches. I think in those first two starts, he's had 63, and then he had 44 pitches. I think probably if he gets to 75 or 80 pitches, it means he's done really well. And if he could get you through five, six innings is a dream scenario. Five innings, four or five innings, and gives up one or two runs. I think that's great. I think that's great, and you go with it. Uh, The guy they call Fott, uh, P-F-A-A-D-T, going for the D-backs this evening and uh boy merrill kelly had it going the other time uh the night he and uh got the rangers to chase a lot and he was really really good so the starting pitching for the d-backs it was one of the first times in a while where an opposing starter just dropped the hammer on the rangers and on the other uh, on the rangers pitching they couldn't strike anybody out in fact it was Montgomery didn't get a single strikeout, and it was they were seven or eight innings into that game before a Rangers pitcher even recorded a strikeout. Uh, just were not getting any swing and miss. And Martin Perez was complaining about the the calls, but hey, if you come into a four-one deficit and you give up a couple of runs, nobody wants to hear you after the game talking about the umpire was squeezing you. All right, you're down 4-1. Just keep your team in the ball game. And if you don't, then you probably shouldn't be complaining about the calls. All right, it is uh, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, Aaron Sexton alongside. Let's do some NFL Blitz. Huge day of Sunday games. We had not even mentioned it. The old Cowboys... Uh, rolled to a victory, and now Eagles Week is upon us. It's all next. This is ESPN Central Texas.